I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Here's Alexis Sanchez! What a finish! Walcott's going to go through and score! Into the middle. Giroud! It's two! Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 15th of February 2016. I'm Russell Hargreaves. On today's show, Thomas Radzitski talks about his special relationship with the Arsenal fans. Arsenal great Pat Rice joins us on the phone to talk about his legendary career. And we look back on one of the greatest nights at the Emirates Stadium. But let's kick off, as ever, with the weekend review. Arsenal hosted this campaign's surprise package Leicester City on Valentine's Day, hoping to become the first side to do the double over the Foxes this season. The Gunners would add their own slice of romance to the afternoon late on, but not before Jamie Vardy had given Claudio Ranieri's side the lead from the penalty spot on the stroke of half-time. Short ball now for Alexis. Alexis curls it inside the penalty area. Morgan will head away. Coquelin gets to the pace of the ball quicker than Kante and then Morgan jumps all over Ozil but the referee lets it go and now it's with Mares breaking forward and over towards Kante on the right hand side can he get there? Oh he can! And that's a poor challenge from Koscielny but play continues over on the right hand side and suddenly Leicester in full flow and then take it down inside the penalty area and it's a penalty Neto Monreal can't quite believe it but Leicester have a real opportunity here to score from the spot, Monreal is claiming it's a dive Standing leg, left foot, he just leans it into Nacho Monreal. For me, it's a harsh one, it really is. You can tell the supporters and the players aren't happy with that. But Arsenal felt like they wanted a free kick early on with Wes Morgan climbing all over Mesut Ozil and they've gone straight down the other end and won a penalty. So two decisions gone against Arsenal here. And Vardy steps up to take the penalty. Well, Mares has missed two recently. Vardy on spot kick duty here for Leicester to put the Foxes in front with 50 seconds remaining at the half. Up against Petr Cech. Away to our left, Vardy for Leicester City, finds the corner, Leicester lead, their incredible season gets even better. Arsene Wenger decided to shuffle his deck on the hour mark, bringing Theo Walcott on for Francis Coquelin, and the manager's decision paid off with 20 minutes to go, with the England forward pounced in the box to equalise. This is Ramsey now, to the left-hand side, and... Nacho Monreal once again. This is Aaron Ramsey once more. 35 yards away from goal. Central position. Curls it over to the right flank. Bering looks to get the cross in. It's towards Giroud. Chessie down here. Chance for Walcott! Arsenal, bad level here. Composed finish inside the penalty area from the substitute. It is Arsenal 1, Leicester City 1. And it's game on once again for the Gunners. 
Wenger looked to the bench once more in search of a winner. And when Mesut Ozil delivered an inch-perfect pre-kick in the fifth minute of stoppage time, substitute Danny Welbeck was on hand to head past Kasper Schmeichel and spark euphoric celebrations inside the Emirates. What can Arsenal do here? Mesut Ozil standing over. Delivery has got to be good. Mertesacker, Giroud, Chambers, Welbeck, all forward. Alexis Farpost. Can Ozil conjure the delivery to put it on a sixpence for somebody? And it comes near post. He's found the corner. It's Danny Welbeck. Unbelievable. With the final kick of the game. Arsenal lead by two goals to one. A brilliant ball in. And Danny Welbeck somehow finds the corner to give Arsenal a second with just seconds remaining. Unbelievable. Oh, you cannot believe it. He's been out for so long. It's a brilliant ball from Ezra Ozil, just like I said previously. Fierce is right on the money, and he did have produced a brilliant ball from Ezra Ozil. We will see it again. And Arsenal have got the players forward. What a ball from Mesut Ozil. And Danny Welbeck, who must feel like this is a dream for him. He's been out so long. Comes back. And he's fantastic in the air. He just gets a little purchase on the header and beats Schmeichel to his right-hand side. Could be the last kick of the game. Leicester Hearts broken. Arsenal set to close within two points of the top of the table. An extraordinary story here. Danny Welbeck, who hasn't played since April. It was the first time that Welbeck had been involved in first-team action for more than nine months. And the 25-year-old said the last-minute winner made all his hard work in the gym more than worth it. Yeah, it was, a, it was a wonderful feeling uh, to get that winning goal at the end. And uh, it was just uh, very important for us to get the three points. And obviously, with the, with the type of game it was, uh, it was close right until the end. And thankfully, we got the goal. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time off the pitch. Um, longest, time, um, longest period of time that I've spent off um, playing matches in my career. And it was difficult. Um, a few head losses along the way. and. Uh, I think you just got to try and stay positive. I had um, a lot of great help behind the scenes with the medical staff and James Haycock, who worked with me personally. Um, it was great. So um, I think hard work eventually pays off. Because you played for the under 21s, didn't you, last week and got those minutes under your belt? Did you feel ready today when the, when the manager called on you? Um, that's what you work hard towards, you know, um, to being um, available to go on the pitch. And obviously, I've trained a few times, um, played in reserves last week. And then to obviously get the, the call up to join the squad yesterday and then come on today, it was, a, it was great for me, but it's something where I'm looking to push on now and try and gain match fitness and just keep on working hard. I can't remember who gave the free kick away, but as soon as I see Mesut line up, I just tried to get myself into a, a nice position um, behind the line of defence and thankfully it came in my direction and I got the right glance on it. No celebrations afterwards? Yeah, uh, don't even know what I was doing. The facials were going crazy, and <laughs> seeing a couple in there, and yeah, I just it was just uh, it was euphoria after, and I just jumped in the crowd, and the ref bumped me. I was like, so what? <laughs> the win means that Arsenal have now moved back within two points of league leaders Leicester, and Arsene Wenger believes that that result could prove pivotal in the race for the Premier League title. It was a big uh, mental test. Uh, of our resolute attitude, of our united attitude, and I think we passed the test very well. It's easier to say when you won the game, but I still think uh, the team put the right level of intensity and energy into this game, and uh, that's maybe why we won it as well. And uh, overall, I'm very proud of uh, our attitude and our united spirit that we have shown through, throughout the game. We had a target uh, before the game is to be two points behind the leaders today after the game. Uh, we did it. 
And uh, so, job done. Let's focus on what's coming next. Just finally, do you think psychologically the way the manner in which Arsenal have won today will have an effect on Leicester and maybe the rest of the teams as well? I think so. Uh, I think uh, you know uh, that we'll be done lucky in our last two home games against Chelsea and against Southampton, and today we have shown the right attitude again, and uh, uh, we created many chances again today, and uh, certainly. It gives us more. I don't know. Do not want to speculate on the, the impact on the other teams, but on our side, it strengthens our belief that we, that we have a chance. With Sunday's goal following last season's FA Cup quarter-final winner at Old Trafford, Danny Welbeck's penchant for a crucial goal has already made him a cult hero during his short time in North London. But that's enough about the weekend's game. From one Arsenal fan favourite to another, it's time to hear from Thomas Radzicki. Thomas Rudzitski has enjoyed cult hero status throughout his 10 years as an Arsenal fan favourite. The Czech Republic international sat down with Arsenal media's Josh James to talk about his special relationship with the Emirates faithful. Yeah, you know, it was, it was, it was unbelievable, something I didn't uh, expect as well. You know, since the moment I started to warm up there on the sidelines, that was, that was exceptional. And uh, quite honestly, I have to say, I had, I had tears in my eyes after... after such a long time again, but I was out and and I started to warming up and the reception what I uh, what was uh, was unbelievable and I will never forget that you know and uh, um, but uh, obviously the worst thing and uh, the feeling that I cannot give uh, the fans anything back at the moment is it's frustrating. You mentioned the reaction of the fans and how it. Surprise took you by surprise, but there's been a long, long association and love between yourself and the fans. How, why do you think it was so different? What, what, what was it about it that, that shocked you or surprised you? You know, not shocked. As I said, I was out for a long time, so uh, obviously the, the my relationship with the fans after the ten years was always great. You know, uh, they knew I always played my heart out for them, and uh, and. Uh, they always appreciated me. I appreciated me, and I appreciated them. You know. So, uh, but as I said, for me, the more, it's heartbreaking that I cannot give them anything back after uh, after the reception. What, what they prepared for me. And, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, in life, uh, things will be throwing at you, and you have to deal with it. And uh, you are defined by it, uh, how you deal with that things. And I will deal with it again, and I will, I will be back again. And finally, your teammates will want to see you back in action soon. The fans will want to see you back. What's your mentality now? What, how, what's your approach now? Uh, yeah, obviously, the, the few days, uh, it was very hard for me to, to accept because, uh, you know, sometimes uh, you always say that you can always do better or you can do this more or more, but uh, honestly, I don't know what more I could have done, you know. And... Uh, and uh, Again, I has uh, I've always come back from everything that was throwing at me, and I will come back again. You know, I will not give up, and uh, and uh, simply I will make it once more. I have to find the strength to to make it, and uh, I will find it, and I will be back again. After the initial disappointment of another injury setback, Thomas will be absolutely desperate to make it back before the end of the season. Five years ago this week, he was in the Arsenal matchday squad for one of their greatest Champions League matches. And that's the subject of this week's history lesson. And it's Adams, cut through by Bold! 
would you believe it? Or Charlie George, who can hit him. Oh, a three goal! It's up for grabs now! Thomas! Right at the end! On the 16th of February 2011, Arsenal played Barcelona in the first knockout stage of the Champions League at the Emirates. A first-half David Villa goal had looked to be enough to put Barca into the driving seat going into the second leg. But the game was turned on its head in five second-half minutes when this happened. There's the chance to set play. No better chance in the set play. Even if they get the ball in these sort of areas here, they need to be working to get balls in the box. Peter Crouch last night. Kicked into Van Persie. Robin Van Persie has found a way through. Valdez beat in his near post that didn't look to be an angle. And it's 1-1 at the Emirates. Great goal from Robin Van Persie. Smashes it past the goalkeeper. We talked about Valdez having a decent game. I think he was expecting the cross. Well, it's also the ball. He's down the side. Robin Van Persie with a good run. Stays on side. This time it's Barcelona that try and play a high offside line. Great little ball in behind. Those goals gave the Gunners a famous 2-1 win on the night. Here's the boss with his memories of that evening and Jack Wilshire announcing himself to world football. The memory is that the winning goal is scored uh, by Archavin, I think, and uh, that uh, we suffered for a big part in the game and we should be encouraged by that uh, because we suffered in the first half and in the second half we took slowly uh, over and uh, became very dangerous. So uh, that should help us to go... <coughs> In uh, our game against Barcelona, if we have uncomfortable moment, <clears throat> still have in our mind we can still win win these. Even at the moment, uh, it's difficult. The atmosphere that night at Emirates was something really special. It was really special, yes, and uh, I think uh, what I remember as well, uh, you know, uh, this week reminded me of uh, how football is really as a team because you can do something, deliver something exceptional. Three or four days later, we went to Leighton Orient and uh, had a draw in the FA Cup. So in the same week, you were on a high and on a, a down again. And uh, but uh, it will certainly be remembered as one of the exceptional nights at, at the Emirates. It was also a night when the world noticed Jack Wilshere. Yes, uh, Jack Wilshere had a great game. And, uh, I finished the game uh, with a team who was very offensive, very uh, technical 
and we took advantage of that and uh, uh, Jack Wiltshire played a big part in it. Arsenal would go on to lose the second leg 3-1 just three weeks later in rather controversial fashion after Robin van Persie's harsh sending off. The two clubs will reacquaint themselves in this year's competition on February the 23rd and one man who will be there to cheer on the team that night is Pat Rice and we'll have the pleasure of talking to him next. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Our Arsenal insider this week spent an incredible 44 years combined at Arsenal. He played 528 games, captained the side to FA Cup glory, coached the youth team, assistant managed and even caretaker managed the team as well. You name it, he has done it for the club. It is the legendary Pat Rice. Pat, I think I forgot an MBE in that list as well. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Um, first off, obviously you've retired, as we well know, but I believe you uh, keep quite a close eye on the club still. Oh yeah, I mean to say uh, when I, t I go, I try and go to the gymnasium three times a week, and uh, I have to pass the training ground to actually get there. So uh, I try to go in and go in there and just uh, you know see the uh, see the boys, and I also do a bit of part-time scouting uh, for uh, my boss, who is uh, Steve Rowley. And you pretty much see every game as well, don't you, live? Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm very fortunate. Uh, uh, I've got four uh, four seats uh, at the at the at the club, so I go to uh, basically all of the home games, and I must go away to about I would say about ninety ninety five percent of the away games as well. So I've gone back to how I first started, and that is a, a supporter supporting the team. And to have taken that route, Pat, if we almost rewind to the beginning to start this chat, to have been a, a, a passionate fan of the club and obviously still are, to have then gone through and done some of the things that I just mentioned must have been a phenomenal and almost a kind of unbelievable journey. Yeah, I mean to say I was I was very very fortunate enough to uh, to become a, a, an apprentice around about well, it must have been about sixty four sixty five, uh, and then just more or less through through hard work and endeavour. And also playing uh, alongside really good players, uh, I managed to make a career for myself. There's so much I could ask you, but I'll try and be a little bit selective, Pat. And coming through the ranks as you did, how about when you were made captain of the club after Alan Ball left? That must have been amazing. Well, it was it was so unusual, really, because I mean to say, uh, uh, with Terry being the uh, manager and uh, I think Don was the coach, I I didn't really expect it because. Uh, you know, it was it was it was something that I never ever imagined that I could do. But the only thing was, is that I I came through a wonderful coach in Frank McClintock. And 1979 FA Cup final is uh, likely to be one of those that will live probably longest in the memory to lift the trophy as skipper. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean to say, at one moment we were cruising, and the next minute we we're bang up against it, and we're thinking to ourselves, it's better not go into extra time. Because if it does, there's every possibility that we uh, we could lose this. And then, of course, Graham and uh, Liam just uh, just conjured up the uh, the magical goal for Alan. And how much of that do you remember now, all these years on, of of the day itself, of the emotion, of of, of the drama as well? Well, well, I'll be I'll be quite uh, I'll be quite uh, open about it. Is that I actually felt as though we were we were actually cruising the uh, the game itself. Uh, but uh, it just goes to show you that it's uh, it's it's never over till it's over, and and then at the end of it, 
Uh, it was like about a 10-minute game, really. <laughs> and obviously, after your illustrious playing career, you then segued through to the coaching side, didn't you? Yes, yes. Well, that uh, basically happened whenever I went to Watford. Uh, and uh, I started going on a Monday night at Watford and taking the uh, on the 16s for uh, Watford. So Graham Taylor was gradually getting me over. I've got to thank him for that. He was he was. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Gradually uh, pulling me over to the, uh, to the coaching side. And then uh, I, just, uh, I just got the, uh, the invitation to, to come back as youth team coach. Don wanted, wanted me back. Uh, I've got a lot to thank Don Howe for, which is, uh, which is something that quite a lot of us have as well. And even in the modern day now, I find it excellent that a lot of current players, as they come toward the end of their careers, are looking at these kind of avenues and options as well, aren't they? Which, which clearly you would recommend. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, to say, uh, in the olden days, you either went into a pub or you went into a booking shop, uh, bookies. Um, uh, but uh, nowadays, uh, you know, it's it's if you if you go into coaching, it's just like an extension of your playing career. But the only thing is, is that you're not actually going out on a Saturday and doing it. You're you're sitting on the line and and you're either giving encouragement or telling somebody off or doing something like that. But it keeps you involved as well. And that was that was one of the one of the great things from my point of view. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it, how generations and how times change. As you say, now you've either got players who end up being effectively coaches and managers or, or TV pundits and all of that media side, which, again, was a world that just wasn't really open, was it, back when you were in that situation? Oh, that's, that's right. I can always remember whenever, uh, at one stage, I was thinking of leaving the, uh, the club because my career was coming to, to an end. And I always remember going to see Bertie May and asking his opinion. And he said to me, what do you want to do whenever you, whenever you retire, or when, whenever you finish playing? And I said, well, I wouldn't mind going into, into coaching. And, uh, and he said, well, look, if you, if you want to be a coach in England, don't, don't leave the country. 
Very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, I wonder how Gary Neville feels about that. Anyway, we'll move on. Yeah. Um, and obviously, through that route, you then, of course, had the chance to actually caretake and manage the, the main team, didn't you? That's right. That's right. That there was a was a complete and utter sur surprise, to be perfectly truthful. Uh, that was whenever whenever were, uh, Bruce uh, left the left the club, and we were we were basically waiting for uh, for somebody called Arsene Wenger to uh, actually come, <laughs> and no one had a no one had a clue beside Mr. Dean who, who Mr. Wenger was. But uh, like everybody else, we uh, we certainly know who he is now. Yeah, it was amazing, wasn't it, when this chat with big glasses arrived from Grampus 8 and everyone was, you know, I wonder if he'll be any good or not. And as you rightly say, who would have thought all of these years on? Yeah, that's right, that's right. He's been an absolutely unbelievable manager, in my, in my opinion, for uh, for Arsenal and just and just basically took the club to, to uh, another level and uh, long may it remain. When he first came in and obviously when there was that phenomenal run of, of trophies and league successes and so on, what do you feel were one or two of those new, fresh things that he did bring in that, that really took the club on? Well, well, I think it was the it was the dieting and it was the it was the uh, the kind of coach the change in the coaching methods that were that we uh, that that uh, he and uh, and Borrell actually brought to the uh, to the club and uh, it was it was uh, it was like a breath of fresh air to be perfectly truthful because it was things in terms of working on the stopwatch and and uh, stuff like that uh, and stretching uh, that uh, that we had never done be before. And it's something now, or a series of things, that all clubs effectively do and, and we now take for granted, I suppose. Yes, that's absolutely right. You know, he was the one who actually brought it in and everybody else is just carrying it on. Just going back to you and obviously all of your great time as youth team coach, you saw so many players come through and make big successes of their career, which must give you a huge amount of pride. Well I've, well, I've got to be truthful and say that I was, I was never, ever put under any pressure by any of the managers and coaches. My remit was basically to try and see if we could, if we could just get one player through to, to the first-team squad or even better into the first team uh, per year because in five years' time down the line you would, you would, you would have four or five uh, homegrown players. And that was, that was the thing that, uh, that, we are, that we were after because... Uh, as everybody knows, the supporters themselves they they actually take to uh, to a homegrown player very very well. Absolutely, and, and particularly in the increasingly modern age, where unfortunately sometimes they're at a bit of a premium. I think that's probably even more the case. Who are a couple of the players that you just really vividly recall coming through and, and excelling, and maybe not even perhaps early on looking like they might? I don't know. Those that made the biggest steps and strides. Well, I always remember, you know, we, I was very fortunate enough. I had players like Niall Quinn, Paul Merson, uh, David Rowcastle, Mickey Thomas, uh, all, player, all players of that ilk. Uh, and uh, they, were, they were just something else. But I can remember I, 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 I was annoyed with the youth team and I brought them all back to Highbury and I had them all in the, uh, in the away team dressing room. And uh, I was, uh, we, were, we were having a kind of dis heated discussion uh, on my part, and I remember just saying to them all, there must have been about, oh, about 18 of them there, and I remember just saying to them, how many of you is going to make it into the first team? And uh, I will never forget it, because the, the only one at that time who actually put his hand up uh, was David Rowcastle, mm -hmm. and boy, did he make it into the first team. Never, never forgotten that boy.
you've got to have that self-belief, but you've also oh, got well, a temper in at that age as well. He was, a, he was a fantastic... He loved the Arsenal with a passion and, uh, and, the, and the supporters loved him and still do to this day. Yeah, absolutely. No, I completely agree with you there, Pat. And let's just finish off, if we can, with uh, a couple of sort of memories and things to mark. Uh, on the podcast this week, we've been talking about the anniversary of that famous 2-1 victory against Barcelona. What do you remember sitting on the bench and watching that one that night? If I can, if I can remember, is that the one where Manuel Almunia in the opening 20 minutes was outstanding? Yes. He was absolutely brilliant. He just kept us in the game. It, 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 could, have been a, it could have been a cricket score by 20 minutes. Uh, but uh, I think it was, uh, didn't Andre Arshavin score the winner? That's right, yeah. You know, I think it was from a back pass from uh, Sami Nazri. But I just, I just remember the the actual fight back by the by by the boys was uh, was just incredible, absolutely incredible. And when you when you take into con consideration how we how we actually played and how Barcelona played in the opening twenty minutes, it was it was remarkable that we actually you know won that match. Who knows if history will repeat itself or not? We shall have to wait and see. <laughs> that's that's perfectly true. Well, uh, well, please, please, God, it does. <laughs> and just as we let you go, it's been wonderful to talk to you through all the different roles you've had at the club. Um, if I was going to ask you to pick out, ideally, one memory or, or maybe a number of prevailing ones, if you prefer, what would well, you say? Well, my my best, my only, my best memory will obviously be whenever we uh, we won the championship at uh, White Hart Lane. Because it was, it was. I was very fortunate. It was, it was my first season in the uh, in the first team, and we had players in the in the in the players like Frank McClintock, who had been trying and trying and trying to actually uh, win the championship, and to to some extent to even win the FA Cup. Because Frank had been there about three, I think it's about three times, and lost three three times. Something, something like that. Anyway, so my my memory will always be uh, winning the championship at Wahoo Lane. And to have that in your first full senior season as well, I must have thought all your Christmases had come at once. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because I was I was brought up. I was an Arsenal supporter, like many many other Arsenal su supporters. Whenever the club wasn't doing all that very well in the sixties, and, and uh, Tottenham had the team with Danny Blanchflower and Johnny White and Bobby Smith and all of them, and and the uh, Tottenham supporters gave us a really really hard time. <laughs> all the sweeter all exactly. the sweeter I love exactly. it Pat it's been fantastic to have you on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast and uh, really really appreciate you taking the time out to speak to us today no problem at all so from all the drama of the win against Leicester City and with that Barcelona match to come the FA Cup is next on the horizon as well with Arsenal preparing to take on Hull City in round five we'll chat to our very own Adrian Clark about that next Well, our very own Adrian Clark joins me now to help look ahead to Arsenal's big FA Cup tie coming up, of course, this weekend against Hull City. Clarky, I've got to say, you're looking very sharp and suited and booted, <laughs> looking good. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I presume it's all a hangover from Valentine's Day, where, as well as the game, you're obviously treating Mrs Clark to a, a lovely day. Obviously. <laughs> There's nothing to do with here, I can promise you that. <laughs> now, FA Cup fifth round time, it's coming thick and fast, isn't yeah. it? Um, 
how do you think they're going to, uh, going to fare against a whole team who've kept a decent nucleus, haven't they, of their relegated Premier League team and, and obviously flying very high in the Championship? Well, they're flying extremely high, yeah. They're, they're, they're doing, doing brilliantly this season under Steve Bruce. But yeah, the FA Cup, it's, it does fly, doesn't it, at this time of the season, just those three-week intervals between rounds and all of a sudden you're getting towards the business end and, and I guess on paper this was a good draw for Arsenal at home to Championship opposition. But I do see this whole team as more of a Premier League outfit, to be perfectly honest. I think if you put them up against some of the strugglers in this season's Premier League, they would probably beat them. So this isn't a match that Arsenal should take lightly because when you look through the whole City lineup, it's full of it's full of decent players and more dangerously they're full of confidence too. Absolutely. And it's the third successive season, isn't it, that these teams have met in the competition and the first two seasons of that, Arsenal did all right. I think they, they lifted on big ears, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, I think I remember that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's been crazy how they've been drawn against Hull City. Obviously caused Arsenal huge problems in the FA Cup final. A lot of the players are still there. Uh, Steve Bruce has kept the nucleus of that group, even though they got relegated. And yeah, I don't think they'll be phased by it. Arsenal won comfortably last season, if, if memory serves me yeah. right. But I, I still think this is a game that Arsenal have to work hard to win. A bit like the Burnley game that we commentated on. It's, it's not a gimme because you've got, you've got talented players who are hungry to cause an upset, to make a name for themselves, who are also used to winning, and that's the problem. As you say, we were obviously in the commentary box together for mm -hmm. the first, and let's not hope the only time, <laughs> we shall see, um, for that fourth game, fourth round game. And what I liked about Arsenal's approach there was, yes, they changed nine of their starting 11 from the weekend before in the Premier League, mm -hmm. but they, they still had a very committed, didn't they, and very measured approach to the match, which I, which I liked. Yeah, very much so, and that's been the secret of Arsene Wenger and how he's managed the FA Cup in recent seasons. I think he's done a terrific job at knowing how much to tinker with the team and knowing which players are ready to come in uh, and that can do a job for him. So he'll, it'll be much the same again. I think there'll be six, seven or eight changes. I, I anticipate, I don't know that for sure, but I would imagine there'll be that many changes. But when you look at the guys coming in now and the strength off the bench, it's not going to be a weak team. You've got Danny Welbeck, who needs a game. He's come back with an absolute bang. Theo Walcott will play. Callum Chambers, who's excellent. Joel Campbell. It's going to be an extremely strong side and one that's, that's good enough to beat Hull. We talk sometimes, don't we, Clarkie, about how Arsenal don't always quite know or, or it's difficult to choose your best 11 for certain games. But mm. actually, this great squad strength and great squad depth mm. should really come into its own in the next few weeks, shouldn't it? You'd hope so. You really would. Uh, the players are coming back from injury and that is such a fillip for the manager and for the rest of the squad because you do get tired legs at this, at this stage of the season. There are a lot of guys that have had to play an awful lot of football. The Champions League is coming back, obviously, on the horizon now. So, yeah, it's a wonderful opportunity for fresh legs to, to get a run out. And, and these fresh legs are going to be hungry, aren't they, themselves, to force their way into the starting eleven for the running in the Premier League. This is potentially the most exciting into a season that Arsenal have had in over a decade. And all of the guys in that squad want to be part of it. So, 
the competition for places is perfect at the moment. Let's just segue away from Hull for a second, because mm. obviously you were commentating for us on that Leicester yeah. game at the weekend. And it's a perfect example, isn't it? You've had Theo Walcott going back to the bench and coming on and making a huge impact. Mm. And, and obviously Danny Welbeck, an, mm. an amazing story. <laughs> and the drama and the electricity in the stadium in that fourth, fifth minute of injury time must have been incredible. Oh, it was magnificent. Yeah, it was, it was just one of those days you don't forget. And, and the supporters were brilliant, actually, throughout. They stuck with the team. Obviously, there was frustration because they couldn't get that second goal. They were plugging away for, I don't know, the best part of 20 minutes or so. It seemed as if Arsenal had run out of time. But yeah, Danny Welbeck came up trumps, didn't he? And so did Mesut Ozil. I thought the delivery under pressure at that moment was just inch perfect. And that is what you pay the big bucks for when you're signing world-class players like Mesut Ozil. It's for moments like that where you need a pass to be delivered on the money and there can be no margin for error. And Urza delivered, and so did Danny Welbeck. And, and all of a sudden, our attacking options look so much healthier, don't they? You've got Giroud, who's playing well again, Danny Welbeck, Anthea Walcott, you know, not to mention Alexis and co. And as a result of all this, this, as you touched on a little bit earlier in our chat, the, the Premier League title running, the race, is just so exciting, isn't it? Leicester, two points ahead of Spurs mm. and Arsenal. Still wouldn't write City off, but no. I mean, this is brilliant. Oh, it's set up perfectly, it really is. Could be a North London shootout, couldn't it? That would be interesting. Obviously, got a huge uh, derby coming up in, in a few weeks' time. Really looking forward to that one, especially if Arsenal can get a positive result at White Hart Lane. But yeah, it's, it's set up. I think this is going to be one of the most memorable Premier League campaigns ever. And I think Arsenal genuinely in with a wonderful chance of winning the title. I, I look at the squad, I look at the spirit and I look at the match winners that we've got. And I still think that it's Arsenal's to lose. I, I believe it's our title if we play to our potential. We shall wait and see, Clarky. <laughs> Let's just segue back then to Hull, because I just wanted to go slightly off topic and talk about that, because it was just such a momentous occasion. I'm so jealous you were there for it. Um, Hull, strengths, would you say, for what we expect from their cup team? Because it, it might show one or two changes again. It might, might it might. I, I don't know, is the answer in terms of team selection. Yes. Obviously, the Arsenal low knees probably won't be able to play. Yes. They're not allowed to, to be involved. Patrick, of course, in the fourth yeah, round. Yeah, Tuber Akpom, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's made his mark for them. If they go with their regular lineup, it's got an awful lot of Premier League experience. It's really well balanced. That's what I'd say about Hull City. It's a 4 4 1 1 formation. You've got Abel Hernandez up top, who is flying at the moment. He is banging in the goals left, right, and centre. So he's a guy we need to be careful of. But behind them, you've got, you've got players that we all know. Modi Arme, who used to be at West Ham, of course, Livermore, Huddleston. There's a guy on the left wing that interests me, Sam Klukas. Another of these players that's come out of non-league. He was with Hereford just a few years ago and he's come through the lower leagues and he's scoring goals and he's a really influential player for them on the left flank. So it'd be interesting to see how he fares. And then you go to the defence of, of Hull City, Curtis Davis and Michael Dawson. This, this is a really experienced pairing. So they're not going to give it away, that's for sure. Arsenal, as you've already said, will probably rotate again. But mm. given in mind who we expect might play, um, who do you think could be one or two of the, the key men? Oh, I, I don't think I could look outside of Danny Welbeck at the moment oh, because he's, he's come back with a bang. I, I'm assuming he might be given a start. and Another week's training under his belt. He'll get miles in the legs. So it will just be refreshing to see him out there from the start of a match. I, th I think that that's going to be important for us. Uh, at the back, Callum Chambers could be crucial. I thought he was excellent, actually, when he came on 
against um, Leicester City. Really calm, pressure was on his shoulders, but he handled it brilliantly. And, and if Laurent Koscielny is, is, is left out, if Gabriel hasn't recovered, he could be the leader of that defence. And, and up against Hernandez, it might be a test for him. So, so I think look out for Chambers and Welbeck, but, but all over the pitch, there'll be interesting duels to watch. So it's Chambers v Hernandez, your key battle area, or yeah. have you got another Well, head -head? There, are so, there are so many, <laughs> as, as always, aren't there? It's, it's, it's hard to pick out key battles for FA Cup games because you just yes. don't know the team selection. Um, I think Francis Coquelin will probably get another run out. I'd like to see him get another run out. So he him against Mo Diame is interesting, yeah. providing that he plays. Diame is a really strong player, and I remember him powering his way through here at Emirates Stadium to score a really good goal, actually. So he's a player that certainly has menace inside the final third. So Coquelin will have to um, shackle him, and he usually does that job pretty well. As is traditional, to conclude in a sentence, Adrian, how do you beat Hull? <laughs> how do you beat Hull? I think it's all about a fast start, I really do, because if you can knock the encouragement out of a championship side here at Emirates Stadium, get your nose in front, get the crowd behind you, I think you have got the potential to blow them away. So um, start well, I'm pretty confident the Gunners will be in round six. Back in the commentary box, are you for this one? No, day no. off. Oh, very nice. Well, while Clarkie, <laughs> no doubt back in his glad rags, takes it easy, you can join Dan Roebuck alongside David Hillier for the Match Day Show live on Arsenal.com. And that's from 12.15pm this coming Saturday. So that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Thomas Rudzinski, to Pat Rice and to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so that you never miss a new show. And we're back on Monday, the 22nd of February. Until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you gunners. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast on iTunes or listen to a new show every Monday on arsenal.com and SoundCloud. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.